Hello and welcome. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, and I'm David Cooper. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, the show where no one's listening, the show where no one cares, the show where everyone's the last one. Because how could there possibly be another? Hope your Monday went well. Hope your week is going well, I think. See what I did there? Our guest today, comedian Natasha Vinnick, who is an absolute delight. I'm really excited to hear about a new podcast she's doing where she's going to go on 30, 40, 50, who knows how many dates, and do one episode per date. So we'll find out all about that and more, maybe less, in this episode. get the Nicorette out of my mouth before we get started. Thank you, as always, for agreeing to do this. Thank you for being patient with how bad I am at texting sometimes. Well, if I didn't know you as well as I do, and I'm not trying to make wild claims about how well I know you, our relationship mostly exists recorded. Yeah, but we know each other decently well through that. I know, but anyone who's been listening (laughs) to me and you all along, they know exactly how well I know (laughs) (laughs) Although, I feel like sometimes the nuggets when the mics are off are where it really counts, when we're kind of boring. Yeah, it's true. But Little bits of gold. If I didn't know you that, I've said that five times, know you that well, know you that well, know you that well, uh, I would, would be a little offended, I guess, you know? I'm glad you're not. That means the world to me. But... My girlfriend, she's a bit of an anxious texter with her friends. Mm -hmm. People have things going on in their lives. I'm guilty of it. Someone texts me. I see it. I think, I like that person. I'll get back to them. I'm busy right now, though. Yes. And then weeks go by. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to tell her she should interpret when that happens to her like people are busy. And so I got to take my own advice sometimes. So no, I wasn't offended that I texted you 500 times. I love a triple text. I love a quadruple text. Well, I, I mean, at a certain point, I like didn't even know what to say because I, I sent you a voice memo. I didn't listen to that yet. I just said, Natasha, or is it Natasha? I just, <laughs> I didn't, I, I just, yeah. You just goofed around. Well, I didn't, it's one thing when you want to keep bugging people because you know when you finally get their attention, they'll say yes. Yeah. But there's a, there's a real politics, especially like around job stuff. Like if someone likes you and they're like, oh, I'll, I'll tell this employer about you because you're great. It's like. And then they like ignore your email, but you know that they're going to say yes. You're like, there's you have to just like every time you bug them, do it with a really good attitude. Yeah. Oh, remember that thing? Ha ha ha. Okay. Yeah. And it's just hard to muster up that good attitude after a while. It's It's like, fuck you for ignoring me, you prick. Yes. Uh, How's it going, though? Want to do me a favor? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How are you doing? How are things? Uh, You know, things are things are interesting. Things are, I moved, I moved, moved, my grandfather passed away, a lot of stuff happened, you know. I'm sorry to hear that. Are you still in the Bay Area, as they say? I'm still in the Bay Area. Bay Area. Did you move to Oakland? Where'd you go? No, no, no I'm still in the city, in Richmond, but I have roommates now. Oh. I know. Do you like them? Honestly, yes. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, uh, two, there's four of us, and three of us are comics. Oh, that's really annoying. <laughs> probably for the fourth one yeah but we're all ladies 
Well, that's fun for you. Are you a better comedian than them? Is that important to you? I don't think I am, but I I probably have been doing it the longest. <laughs> so you're better, yeah. That, would you move in with someone who was like eons better than you? That'd be cool. I'd love that. I'd, I'd get envious. I, I suppose it would be jealous, too. Apparently there's a difference. I think it'd be good for me. It'd be good for me. Uh, do you you hit the, the ground running in the summer? Because like I, I go into this seasonal depression thing, and I'm finally, like in the last month, since we last met, I think, doing well. Wow. I love to hear that you're doing well. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Yeah. You think it's summer? You think it's the season changes? I think I'm doing stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, and I, when I'm busy, I find myself able to do a lot and both doing a lot. And by doing things, I meet people, I interact with people. I'm out more and more social. I don't feel as isolated as lonely. And I get into a good feedback loop of from doing, from the basic of doing. Uh, yes. And the opposite occurs for me when I'm not doing, when I'm just idling, wasting time. I, I don't want to see people because I got nothing to say and I got nothing to say because I don't see people, interact <laughs> with people. And it, it, it's the same loop. And the, so that's what I was caught in. There is a seasonality to that for me. Yeah. Okay. I, I have similar, except I think I go a little different where I, it is good for me to go and be around people and see people. And it is like enriching. But my problem is I can do so much of that that I shut down really hard. And then I, like I'm, I'm burned out and I just need to be alone for so, so, so long and like days on end. And then that can start to look a little like depression, you know? Interesting. But is it alone time that you're happy with? You you actually aren't depressed? Or do you find when you need that huge amount of alone time, it turns into a bit of a depressive episode for you? I think it's really good for a while. And sometimes I can get into a habit. Sometimes I can't. But the truth is, I feel like I've been way too busy for a long time to ever like get deep in that, you know? So sometimes I'll actually just like crave being more alone and having more of that quiet time and like find myself not able to get it and slowly burning myself out more and more, you know? That's because you're an effective, a productive, a likable person. I am none of those things. And so I'm never busy. <laughs> I couldn't disagree more. You have like a whole partner around too. You have like a, a whole life of people who love you. Oh, that's sweet of you to imagine for <laughs> me. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. I imagine your life is just like love and crazy shits, you know? Yeah. I, I Did I tell you about the fisher? The what? The fisher, my anal fisher. Oh, I don't know if you did. I'm sorry. Those are annoying. I know. I mean, I talked about it on the show so much. I had a gastroenterologist on to lay to rest me talking about my fisher. I gave a funeral for me talking about my fisher. Oh, wow. Did you get Botox in it? Uh, no, but I, I realized I asked the doctor about Botox and I, I was trying to remember who told me that. And in this moment, it's you. It's me. Yeah, my friend has a fisher. Uh-huh. I said I would never talk about it again on the show. <laughs> it's my fault. I brought up crazy poops. Yeah, I do have IBS. Uh, I didn't say I wouldn't talk about that. I had a urologist talk about my pee problems. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just getting free medical advice on the show. It's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry that I have no medical degree. Uh, well, I had them both on to talk about penis. Sorry. I had the urologist on to talk about penis injections. Ooh. And just to inject more penis into it? No, apparently penis enlargement is a relatively safe, at least that's according to the doctors who do it, procedure. Really? It's like Botox for your dick. Why aren't more people having it done then? I think they're starting to. It's not Botox, but it's something like that. And it goes away in two years. And so I had these doctors oh, like on. like fillers. Yeah, it's, it's filler. It's penis filler. Yeah. 
I, I had these two doctors on because I was asking for a friend about what the procedure would be like and whether it was safe. Wow. I don't know. There's something that's like satisfying about hearing that. <laughs> that men can do that? That men um, feel any kind of pressure to change their body medically like women do. <laughs> yeah, but apparently the, the biggest effect is when you're flaccid, which is insane to me. Uh, but I also completely understand it because I go to a lot of naked stuff. We've had this conversation. I, I believe I just point blank asked you, do you go to naked stuff? Yeah, and I don't. And I'm a... Uh, I can't make eye contact with you when I say this. I'm a grower, okay. not a shower, if you will. So when I'm in the bedroom, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I, I don't have problems. I've never been laughed at. Yeah. In fact, sometimes people are pleasantly surprised, not like overwhelmingly surprised. Sure, sure, but pleasantly. Yeah. We're talking like five percent bigger than they they thought it would be. Like nothing yeah, crazy. Nice. But when I'm just alone and I'm naked and I'm not happy, if you will, horny. Yeah. Uh, I look like I have a micro penis, and so. If I were to get these injectables, it wouldn't be for sex. It would be like to wear shorty shorts, you know, and have a bulge. Yeah, to be a shower. Apparently, that's why a lot of guys get it. Wow, just for the show. Yeah, I mean, isn't it like, isn't men knowing you have another dick? Isn't that like important, you know? Is it important? I don't think so. But for a certain class of individual, one would think it is important. Absolutely. It's for sure important. That's so funny. I, uh, I just watched the Barbie movie last night. Have you seen it yet? No. Did you like it? It's great. Yeah, everyone loves it. It's very good. I think you won't hate it, but you'll have strong opinions because that's your jam. W what? Just in my opinions or my jam? You love having strong opinions. Okay. If you weren't a Jew, I would call you <laughs> anti-Semitic right now. But instead, you're just rude. <laughs> it's like I hate when Jews say that Noam Chomsky is anti-Semitic because he's anti-Israel. It's like he can't. He's a Jew. He's just rude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just rude. But it is true. It's just. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like it's I get that they did it in like a feminist egalitarian way as best as possible. Kind of making a commentary about how Barbies were used as a tool to we weaponize femininity for kids at a very young age and divide genders really distinctly and men girls play with barbies and men play with tonka trucks or whatever i i get that the movie was trying to address all that but my view on this is kind of like my view on gay marriage i'm not pro-gay marriage i'm anti-marriage marriage is an oppression oppressive regime that should be abolished they shouldn't just let gay people in the club i i think you know fuck mattel that's all Okay, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I agree with kind of in the capitalistic sense. Fuck Mattel for sure. Uh, the movie, if I have any criticism of it, it's way too much Ken. It's like a lot of Ken. A lot of Ken's feelings, a lot of his emotions, a lot of her managing his emotions, you know? Classic. And I'm like, I don't need to see this again on screen. Like, I see this all over my life, you know? I was just feigning a big opinion. I don't give a shit. I'll see the movie and I'm sure it'll be great. I don't give a shit about Barbie and gender norms. I don't give a fuck. It's a great cast. Extraordinary cast. Wasn't Amy Schumer supposed to be Barbie and then she stepped away? She's like, nah, this ain't a bit of me. A long time ago, supposedly, yeah. But we got Margot Robbie, Issa Rae, um, Will. Will. Why am I forgetting his name? Will. Will's in it. I just said it this morning. The one on SNL. He used to be on SNL. Willie Boy. 
was in everything. Yeah, yeah, Will. I know Will. He was oh, he was on SNL. He was in everything. We all know God. Will. He was in the Barbie movie. <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. You always forget his name. We know Will. Uh, whatever. Anyway, it was a great cast. It was a great cast. Do you want me to look it up for you? I'll go no, on Google. You're going to be so annoyed when you find out who it is and that I couldn't remember his name. The, the only Feral. Sh- oh. Feral. Oh, wow. Uh, he was on SNL? Early, though, like 2000s, like early, like 2001. We're talking 9-11, planes bashing into the World Trade Center. Uh-huh, Will Ferrell and SNL. George Bush telling the Jews to do 9-11. Like, all of that stuff, that was Will Ferrell on SNL. <laughs> anyway, it's a great cast, great film. <laughs> anyway, it reminded me because there's a they talk about not having genitals, and you talked about... Um, People just want to show that they got they got dicks on them, you know. Well, think about boob jobs. Like, are you getting it so that when you're in the bedroom and people are enjoying your breasts uh, in a private moment, is that why you're getting them, or so the public can see them concealed? Like, it's the same concept. Yeah, I assume it's so the public can see them concealed. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great that men are feeling the pressure to do this. Yeah, that was like the one. Like men didn't feel pressure to put on makeup. Men didn't feel pressure to do cosmetics. So you're like, this is a shitty thing that women have to deal with. So now you're trying to get men in the club because it's a shitty club. I mean, I'm not trying myself, but I would love some understanding of the pressure that women are under every day. (laughs) Maybe this is why the straights wanted the gays to marry. You're like, this is a (laughs) shitty club. We want you guys to know. (laughs) Like, look, we like you guys, um, but we don't like you that much. So join the club. It's a shitty club. It's like all your friends who keep having kids and telling you you need to have kids too, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, then I'm pro-gay marriage. I like gay people so much. I think they should suffer equally. Oh, good. I'm glad you came around. Uh, but not these thruple people, not these polyamorous. We it's a bit much. It's a bit much. We can't let them in the club. We can't let them. Are you currently polyamorous? I feel like it depends on the day. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with dating. I don't know what I'm doing at all with dating. Great. We don't have to do. We don't. I mean, if you want, we can. I'm going to do 30 dates in 30 days again very soon. This is something you blogged about? I blogged about it. My friend and I are going to do it together and podcast about it. Wow. Which means after this ends, I'm going to ask you about equipment recommendations for recording podcasts. Well, you got a decent mic. I know, but want to do the thing where the two of us are on a couch and we're both holding little microphones and like, you know what I mean? Like all the TikTok podcasts do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll set you up for that. Okay, thank you. What's the budget? I don't know. Not huge. Not, Not itty bitty though. Okay, good. I'm so excited to pick mics for you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited. Perfect. So we're ready to pull the trigger today and order them. So wow. Okay. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> so excited. You want ones that you hold, you know? Yeah. No, I got that. You want holding good, mics. Good, good. Holding mics is really important here. You I want, don't you to want... Get a whole soundboard either. I'd love it just plugs into my computer. Is that allowed? Well, <laughs> this is going to be pretty boring, but you need what's called an audio interface for that. Yeah, I know. I don't want an audio interface. Well, you can get it? a couple of USB mics, but then you're a little bit more limited. Oh, I'm ex- I feel like you, you shouldn't be selecting for sound quality, although we're going to get you good sound quality. You want like cool looking mics. Yeah, I want, um, can it be like gold plated or a sequence? Yeah, yeah. You're selecting a microphone for how it looks, not how it sounds. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> no, I get it completely. Uh, what about like a gold leaf, you know, or like a, go- a gold a gold grill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Oh, this is good. Okay, we'll talk. I don't want to ruin your podcast with talking about audio. That's too much of how the sausage is made. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, fascinating stuff. Your date, you were saying your lots of things are going on for you since we last spoke. What are some of these things? What are some of these things? Um, what are some? Okay, move. I moved. I moved out of my place. I went to Portugal for a week with a friend. I came back to be at my mom's house for a week. My grandfather passed away. Very sad. That's shit. Were you friendly with him? Yeah, yeah. I uh, really uh, very close. He's probably like closest thing to a father figure I had in my life, you know? Yeah, wow. That's shit. Yeah, it was devastating. It was very, very devastating. Is, do you have any grandparents left or? Yeah, my grandma. So like uh, two days later, I flew out and to the service in Virginia and stayed with her for a few days and then came back for a week and then came back out to stay with her for another week after that just to keep her company, you know? I'd always hope my grandfather would go before my grandmother just to give her a few years of peace, but it didn't end up going that way. Is she happy about it or is she broken up about it? Oh, she couldn't be more devastated. She really couldn't. She adores him. Oh, that sucks. Death sucks, huh? Death is sad. You know what's so weird? It's not weird, but it felt goofy. Is I've always had like a real comfortable idea of how like we all die and that's it nothing happens there's nothing extra we just die we're bags of electrical meat we die and whatever and like i never realized how much um like comfort i would get in the idea that like you know maybe he somehow somewhere like knows that i love him so much or like you know and it it's so funny having that um, pull all of a sudden. That's nice for you. Uh, you know what? I'll spare you my response to that statement. Instead, I'll say that's a wonderful thing, and I'm I'm glad you're feeling a, a positive thoughts through that. I mean, I think it's it's not positive. It's like me kind of reconciling that. Like, I see why people need that comfort. It's like so devastating. This is why Jews say, "May their memory be a blessing to you." Actually, I don't know why Jews say that, but it is nice and it does imply that whether there's some existential plane that exists or not, his memory there with you right now, it functions as that plane. Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And that has a basis in, in, in this is going to sound cruel, but in reality, like that, that we know, you know. Yeah. Having said that, I'm not, I'm not saying the afterlife isn't real. I, I don't know that it is, you know. I don't think it is. I have... A great deal of certainty that it's not, but not 100%. No, and how can you? But there is like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's so funny. We need to comfort ourselves however we can, you know, I guess as long as we have those in ways that don't limit like other people's freedoms, choices, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. I had someone on the show talking about God and stuff uh, a few weeks ago about co- going through a rough time and getting fired and having his whole life on this one trajectory and then that trajectory changing and sort of dealing with that. Yeah. Um, his name happened to be David Cooper. He's a classical musician. Wow. Uh, uh-huh. um, and in that moment, I was going to go into my whole atheist bullshit thing. And all I could say to him was, was like, he's like, do you believe? And I said, no, but that all sounds wonderful. And that's how I feel for you too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I believe, uh, to be honest, but you know, 
So the the Jewish thing you were mentioning, the um, like the Jewish memory thing, I was wondering if you've heard this phrase, because I didn't hear it until very recently, but it's a thing people say to each other. I think when someone's passed, they say, uh, wishing you long life. It's big in like South African Judaism. I think it's parts of like Orthodox Judaism in this country. Did you ever hear that? Wishing you long life? No, uh, I didn't have any ancestors that partook in uh, the lovely regime of South Africa. Uh, and <laughs> But even here in the states that aren't related to South Africa at all, there's Canadian. like some Orthodox Jewish. Okay, okay. No, no. I, I mean, my dad was born in Buffalo. My grandmother's side, they're all Americans. Yeah, um, but you never heard people say wishing you long life. No, but it. But I may as well have. I mean, why don't you go into why you why you like it so much or why you're struck by it at this point? Well, okay. The first time I heard it, so I had gotten one I found it. My grandfather died. Sorry, this is dark. I think people can handle it, though. They're brave. No, yeah. And um, so I was on my way to go do a gig at a club um, to, to go host a club. And I stopped to meet up with a friend um, beforehand. And right when I parked my car, I got a call from my grandma. And I was like, oh, great. I need to catch up with her and talk about me visiting her and my grandpa. You know, and she gets on the phone and clearly her voice is different. And she tells me that my grandfather's passed away. You know, she's very sad. I'm very sad, whatever. I'm crying. My friend comes in my car. I'm crying. We hang up. And then my friend, this is what my friend sees. My friend sees me crying. I look at a text. I like cackle, laugh in like in an insane way. And then I switch to crying again and then laughing. I'm like very, and she's like, what just happened? Here's what happened. Um, after hanging up with my grandma and finding out that my grandfather passed away, I get a text from my father um, who says. This is someone you're saying is the biggest father figure in your life that you've had. Who has, you have described as a garbage person before. Yes. And I stand by it. <laughs> Where is the text? It's the craziest text. I send it to all my friends and they're like, oh, this is unhinged. Um, let's see. Oh, it says it's not even the contents of the. Okay. So imagine that you never heard wishing you long life as a phrase, right? Um, and uh, instead, all you, you see a text from your dad to your brother and you that says, um, Grandpa Arthur passed away wishing you too long life. Um, but instead of just seeing it as a normal text, do you have iPhone? Yeah, I have an iPhone. I won't do this Apple shit and, I, and do it as a proper noun. I have an an iPhone. Great. So are you familiar with the text effects that you can do? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He sends this with a slim. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be an accident, right? I thought so. And I showed it to my friend and she's like, look at how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I look and you have to double agree to do it. Like you have to go into a place, choose one, double say yes. It was a choice. It was a strong choice. And that's why I was alternating, like weeping, weeping, cackling, like a horrified, like so confused to get this cartoonish message that my grandfather died from my father it was crazy it sounds it like wild. he's sort of violently wishing you long life like he's slapping <laughs> a long life across your face you know yeah and to anyone who read that text who didn't know wishing you long life was like a very normal term all you hear is your grandfather died hope you don't die soon essentially yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> with a slam effect <laughs> and it makes all the texts above ripple up <laughs> <laughs> like it was 
the most like Looney Tunes well, unhinged text I've ever received. You can't say your father never did anything for you. I mean, he no, gave you he, that he, moment, if anything else. It was truly unbelievable. It was my brother and I like couldn't believe it. We were texting afterwards. It was like the slam heard around the world. Like it was <laughs> crazy. He is a real character. <laughs> What is with these Americans and the blank hurt around the world? What the gunshot hurt? Is it the revolution? Is that what you say? I don't know. Maybe it was. I think my brother maybe said that. Mm. So yeah, he's more steeped in probably yeah American history, whatever than I am. Good for him. Loves America. You know some boys. Yeah, yeah. Very proud. They're like I'm. 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 I'm also a man who's capable of making history. So let me read about it. You know, just like Ken in the Barbie movie, you end up just yeah. having a lot of feelings, and some poor woman has to deal with it. <sighs> Ain't that the truth? That was my experience with my brother after this. Yep. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Long life. <laughs> uh, well, I, I am sorry your grandfather passed. That's shitty. Uh, have you dealt with other? So your other two are already gone then. No, um, my about a year ago, my grandmother on my mom's side passed away, which was sad, but it's different. Yeah, this is all kind of happening for the first time. But um, her parents weren't really in my life that much after the divorce for some reason. Um, but his parents were, which is, you know, flip floppy. Yeah. Was it because they didn't approve of divorce? I there's a few different things I heard. I heard that my grandma, my mom's mom, I've heard that sh- uh, like I reminded her too much of my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that I was like being too difficult as a child. Oh, that's such bullshit. Like after the divorce. Yeah. You're a kid whose parents just split up. You're difficult. Boo hoo. You're an adult. Don't judge children like that. Yeah. So that was all weird. And I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's so startling is the way people's perceptions of people change after death, you know, mm-hmm. because my mom, before her mom passed away was always like, uh, Iha is what we call my grandma, my mom's mom. Um, even though it means daughter in Spanish, whatever, anyway, but it was always like, Iha and I have a bad relationship, not like you're in my relationship, Natasha, or like Iha is so difficult, Iha is so tough on me, blah, blah, blah. And Iho is amazing. As soon as she passes away, suddenly my mom switches them and I don't really understand why. And I'm not allowed to poke at it because it she doesn't understand her emotions either. But it's like Iha has always been great, actually. And our relationship has always been good, not tense like you're in my relationship, Natasha. <laughs> it's, just, it's very strange, you know? And then I, if you question it she'll get in a corn maze where she gets upset how can you speak of my dead mother like like that kind of stuff yeah yeah i'm in trouble i'm bad um so i don't get into that but it is um it is it is spooky you know yeah i do know my mom can get like that too there's like certain topics she feels entitled to have a strong opinion on because she's had some tragedy or trauma around them but her opinion Mm -hmm. is wrong you know and so it's like (laughs) you can't even discuss it because then it's like how dare you uh invalidating invalidating my experience you know which yeah. is like that's not really what i'm trying to do i'm trying to have an actual discussion but too sensitive you know yeah yeah here we are did i downer your episode is this a no downer? no i i mean we okay. went from what uh fishers to from fishers to tragedy that's that's mm, the name fishers of my to family fishers to family <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of my biography uh, my unauthorized biography uh, uh. Uh, I love how we talked about you doing 30 dates in 30 days. And instead of getting to the interesting part, which is like, 
why you're doing it, what's the podcast, what's the angle, are you going to be discussing <laughs> that you're doing the show with the guys you're dating, are you going to bring the guys on the show, what do you, like, it's like, no, we're going into microphones and cables and mixers, like, what, where did you get the idea to do this, who are you doing it with, are you excited about it, when does it kick off, these are the yeah. questions a good interviewer would have asked you, sure, and sure, that I sure. didn't, but I, I gave you bait, you know, you which did. you love, you're like, ooh, you dangled the nerdy shit in front of my face, and I, <laughs> I bit, dangled cable <laughs> i bit like the fucking idiot that i am uh tell me about the show what, when are you launching it what's going on with it i gotta know these things um our plan is well i did this um nearly 10 years ago um alone and then my friend who is younger than me um which i only say because i think her dating experiences as a 26 year old are going to be different from my dating experiences as a 33 year old you know what i mean yeah um but um she's like i'm thinking about doing this and i was like I don't know what got in me, but I'm like, you want to do it together and podcast about it? And she was like, yes, I'm so excited. So uh, we're supposed to start dating the 1st of August. Um, and uh, every few days, I think we want to just like record a bunch of apps for all of the like matchy matchy dates. We, we, try to, we also want to try to have some dates at the same place. So we can like go to the bathroom and talk about it to each other and record the bathroom really quick and then come back out on the date. Why don't you swap and then come out and you sit with her guys. She sits with your, are you going to only date men? That's the thing I struggle with, too. I want to open it to women. I know this sounds bad, but I'm just like, I don't feel the kind putting a woman through this. I was just thinking, how could you how could you subject a woman to you talking about it on a comedy show afterward? That is cruel. Or maybe you respect women so much you should talk shit about them on a show. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I believe in quality so much that women should pay for all of my dinners. Yeah. We shouldn't elevate people out of <laughs> shitty circumstances. We should draw everyone else into them into them yeah no you're right you're right i'll think about it we'll see um but uh she i think she my my friend brett she wants to get in like a really good relationship she knows that she wants that and she's only been dating pretty bad guys it seems mm -hmm. like um which is crazy to me um not because the guys i dated are great but like she i think seems to conflate people being mean to her with um like some excitement or around it you know which yeah rookie mistake rookie mistake yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I like when people are nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a reasonable position. You can teach their own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people who are nice are boring. That's, I think, the view. And it's. Yes. Which is fair. There is a nice that is boring. But I think you can be kind and be interesting. I think it's possible. I cried through that Mr. Rogers documentary the whole way through. The whole Aww. way through. And I was on an airplane. The flight attendant asked me if I was fine. I said yes, very like proudly. Yes, can I have a tissue as the tears are rolling down my face? I just kept watching it. I like crying in public. It's, uh, it's You make it everyone else's problem, not your problem, you know? I hate it. When I was coming back from one of my visits to my grandma's, either after the service or after like my visit with her for a while, the whole plane ride back, I was just like sobbing and I had like sunglasses on. I was like, hopefully nobody notices. But the woman next to me tapped me and she's like, hey, I don't know what you're going through. We, we routed, routed through Texas. I don't know what you're going through, but I just want you to know like you're going to make it. Aww. You should have but said, I'm like, we I gotta have, get it together. Kids. I have terminal cancer in two weeks to live, bitch. <laughs> I'm not getting th through this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you gonna sleep with 30 people? No, you don't, you don't fuck with that. Yeah, you know me, yeah. sleepy Miggy. <laughs> Uh, do you mean am I going to go to bed at my apartment without them afterward? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I am. You betcha. 
Will you even sleep with one? I mean, come on. One. No. You should at least sleep with one. I'm a slow mover. We talked about this so many times. You know. know how different we are. I'm a slower mover. No, I it's... need to trust them, you know, which is dumb because can you ever really trust somebody? Well, that's the deep, <laughs> the deep stuff uh, that I'm not into. Do you are you looking to find something serious from this? You're just looking to do art making and use people's dating life as a as a palette or canvas or whatever. Well, okay, so that's a discussion we had. I think Brett genuinely wants to have a relationship out of this. I <laughs> want to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I die alone. I don't know um, whether or not I have the capacity in my life for a relationship. I think think that's a good thing to know about yourself, right? Yeah, I don't know if I have that or if I can't trust or whatever. Because to me, I'm like, oh, our rule should be it's 31st dates because I was very strict about that last time. But Brett's like, does it have to be 31st dates? And I'm like, well, last time I went on second dates, but they didn't count as the 30 because that's the rule. <laughs> like there are rules. But what if you meet your your prince or princess charming on the first date and this motherfucker's like, I'm not going to see you if you're going to date 29 other people. Yeah, well, he doesn't need to know that, number one. Um, but number two, I agree. If Brett wants to find a real person, then it makes sense to let her have as many dates that can count towards the dates. How are you going to line up? Th I mean, maybe it's a this is women privilege or it was the experience of being a young woman. Yes. In San Francisco on the apps. If I wanted to line up 30 dates, I don't think I could do it in 30 years on the basis of my personality. <laughs> I think you could do it in like 30 weeks. It may. You think I could go on one? I could convince someone to go out with me once a week? Yes, I do. Like a relatively normal person? It is great for guys in New York, okay? You would be fine. You don't. I have my personality as birth control. It's a very effective. It also prevents against STDs. It's, I've used that joke a hundred times. Um, yeah, I, and I don't, like, I don't even know how to, I haven't been on an app and in many years many i don't even know how it works that's nice i don't know that's great to me that's a brag i don't need to hear all right <laughs> i mean yeah but you're the one who needs to line up 30 dates are you gonna do it all online are you gonna go to a bagel shop what are you gonna how do you you go to a park a bagel shop tell me the process what do you mean you mean am i gonna do the, am i gonna have the date at a bagel shop or am i gonna find a date from a bagel shop i don't know i'm just I, how do you find dates do you go to a field a cornfield is that a place where people yes you go to a corn maze you go i'm lost i'm lost i'm a woman i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> okay corn maze bagel shop uh morgue uh -huh. you go to a morgue no yeah easily uh it's it's cold men are cold <laughs> would you date a pathologist a mortician someone who works in a morgue ah would i they'd have to shower when they got home every day yeah i have to go like why are you getting this field so what's your deal exactly you know maybe they have an unhealthy obsession with dead bodies and rather than becoming a serial killer they do the mature adult thing wow they're a fully we say in psychology psychiatry i don't know why i say we say i guess because i've yeah, been to we, well i've been to so much fucking therapy so we do <laughs> uh, it's called sublimation right like the childhood bully whose whose parents beat the shit out of them can either become a criminal or a boxer you know? Yes. And I have to give him credit for making the choice yeah. to become the boxer, the thing that doesn't do harm or does harm in a context in which it's okay. Yeah. And so the kid who's obsessed with death, rather rather than murdering people and killing neighborhood cats or whatever, decides to go work in a morgue. 
Yeah. Um, I understand respecting that person more. I also see a world where it's like, wow, you're just too scared to attain your goals. (laughs) You little bitch. (laughs) Uh, Like I have a second cousin once removed. That's the official, like my dad's first cousin, my dad's age. Yes. Apparently I didn't know him then. He's a nice guy. I'm sure he would tell me. I've never asked him because I don't want the story to change because the way the story goes now, it's perfect. Mm -hmm. He bought a police scanner when he was a little kid Mm -hmm. and he would listen to the ambulance calls or whatever. And if there was something gruesome, he would jump in his car from a very young age, from the minute he could drive, and go to the scene hoping to see a dead body. He was obsessed with dead bodies and death. Like, read books about them, talked about them, like, any bit of literature, film, whatever, he had to see it, and he would go to crime scenes to try to find some gore. That's a little freak. He's now an oncologist, you know, and, and quite a good one. Okay. And so, like, he's obsessed with death. And it's his adult. He could have. He could have been a serial killer. He's a body boy. Exactly. Yeah. Would you marry my my second cousin once removed? He's seventy with a family, but would you? Oh uh, yeah, I would. Okay. Do you think he's a good father? I think so. Is I mean, his kids all moved to Israel, which is very strange. No, I don't know. What's that about? That's weird. I don't know. It's they have like a hundred kids and live on a farm, you know. And they oh, I hate all of that. Never ugh. mind. I'm not gonna marry him. He's weird. They're nice people, I guess, but I find that odd. Yeah. Too many kids, too many cooks. Maybe only one of them went to Israel now that I think about it. But it's too many. It's too many. Sounds like he had a hundred and they all went to Israel. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to play this clip for him. And he's like, none of that is true. <laughs> Dealing with death is what I hate about being an oncologist. I love curing people, you know. Uh, but the anecdote, the anecdote works. It's delightful. Yeah. That's so funny. Do you have any like childhood dysfunction like i didn't get a lot of attention as a kid i mean maybe you know your relationship with your father your sublimated adult self is that's why you're a stand-up comedian you didn't see seen you didn't feel seen or heard by dadsy so now you're gonna make everyone see and hear you every night when you grab a mic and get on stage uh i mean this is a perfect example Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm pretty close to home yes (laughs) yeah i mean i think essentially i had a family that like didn't listen to me or my feelings or emotions or they didn't matter you know on both sides uh so like yeah my father's absent you know that's sad or whatever but i had a mother who was incredibly emotionally limited and whatever i said didn't really um impact or matter to her whatever expressed wasn't important to her you know so i think there's a lot of impetus to get that out when the captive audience is there to listen there's something very validating in it yeah and you kind of write from your vo- viewpoint like it's a to not take your feelings and viewpoint into consideration it's you're the butt end of the joke in your material if i'm i mean you can describe it better than me but that it's a mixed bag yeah sometimes it's me sometimes it's not me sure <laughs> uh-huh i got to abruptly end this i'm enjoying this conversation but that's fine i uh i i got something after this is the only thing I feel bad. This was a pleasure and a delight for me. You know what, Natasha, thanks for coming. I appreciate your time. Say goodbye. Bye. Thank you. (laughs) 